across China, the message from its leaders is getting more dangerous by the hour. For a nation that doesn't like to lose face. Xi Jinping's regime is encircled by enemies. He believes they're out to destroy his communist dictatorship. Right now, it's Xi against the world. Ukraine and the war is not the only issue. NATO's plan for Asia is also causing divisions. China is substantially building up its military forces, including nuclear weapons. And now the very force that has kept Europe in relative peace since the Second World War is planning to set up shop right on Beijing's doorstep. China is, is a nuclear-powered nation. It's actually recently been building up its number of nuclear arms. President Xi has enabled the rhetoric by warning of the dangers of a new Cold War. But the clock, if you like, has started ticking. Now China feels threatened, so it's built up the world's largest number of active duty military personnel. It has more than two million members. Across the region, paranoia is boiling over. Now India and Japan are spending big to counter the Chinese threat. South Korea and Australia are following right behind. The biggest single investment in Australia's defence capability in all of our history. And those who bet against America are learning how wrong they are. It's never, ever been a good bet to bet against America. Never. Penny Wong is the Australian Foreign Minister, a delicate task given, on the one hand, China is Australia's biggest customer. On the other, Australia is building up its military and spending billions on nuclear-powered submarines as it tries to stand up to Beijing. So, understandably, she's very careful in choosing her words. Uh, we are in a different uh, type of uh, engagement in the Pacific. We, are, we know there's a lot more strategic contest in the world and in our region. NATO stands for the North Atlantic Treaty Organisation, and the Atlantic is a long way from China. Keith Souter is a global futurist who believes that history was written in the Atlantic while the future will be etched across the Pacific. We're putting the clock back 70-odd years. So you had the first world linked with the United States, second world linked with the Soviet Union, now Russia, and you've got the vast majority of humankind, like India, uh, who just simply say, we'll do deals with both sides. We're not, we're not trying to pick winners out of this dispute. While war continues to ravage in Ukraine, NATO is now looking to Asia. If President Putin wins in Ukraine, this would send a message that authoritarian regimes can achieve their goals through brute force. This is dangerous. Beijing is watching closely. But there are those who believe NATO should stay out of Asia. Among them, the former Australian Prime Minister Paul Keating, who labelled NATO's leader as a supreme fool for his push to increase the alliance's ties across the region. The Chinese have never implied that they would threaten us or, or said it explicitly. What do you think of Paul Keating's comments here? I think it's inappropriate for a former Prime Minister to be using that sort of language. Uh, look, um, Mr Keating has his views. 
uh, and we in the government uh, have ours and we have a job to do and that's what we're doing. But Beijing is furious that NATO wants to park itself in the region. After all, NATO's expansion in Eastern Europe was a trigger point for Putin's war in Ukraine. I mean, we already have NATO ships, you know, transversing through this part of the world. I mean, uh, last year we saw you know, a number of uh, UK ships coming through. We've seen uh, German ships, we've seen Dutch ships, you know, all parts of NATO come through and have been doing these uh, freedom of navigation um, visits. Uh, as well as just, you know, it, it's diplomatic power and diplomatic projection through the world. Um, and I think that's going to continue. You've also got the fact that, you know, the Five Eyes is, is a global um, uh, intelligence network that is also very present in Asia. For its part, the US is focused on money, pulling back on its war rhetoric and sending its financial chief to Beijing to try and rebuild some sort of a relationship, talking about anything other than war. As the world's two largest emitters of greenhouse gases and the largest investors in renewable energy, we have both a joint responsibility and ability to lead the way. US Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen wants to talk about the economy, not about an impending cold or even hot war. This communication can help both sides more fully understand the global economic outlook. But China's rise is worrying the Pentagon and also NATO. It's looking to, the, to, to try and understand China's expansion on the military front, which uh, seems to know no bounds and doesn't seem to have any you know, great logic to it. Taipei is a modern miracle, built from nothing, it's now a major global city and a thorn in the side of Beijing. Uh, and they see that as a threat, not just, you know, I think they summed it up as saying a, set, a threat to the, the, the current rules-based system. So that's the premise, is the fact that, you know, here is a new emerging superpower that they don't really understand and, and can't really fathom why they are being so expansionist on the, on the military front in, in what has really been, a, you know, a peaceful 50 years. Over the past few years, China has dominated its skies and forged a threatening shadow across Taiwan. And interestingly, as this NATO summit started, you know, you saw again China doing military exercises, which took a number of their aircraft over the Meridian line between China and, uh, and Taiwan. The West has been growing increasingly nervous about China's growing threats to reunify with Taiwan, and Russia's war in Ukraine isn't helping. NATO's big concern, or actually probably the West using a slightly larger label, uh, big concern is the fact that China has done nothing to condemn what Russia is doing in Ukraine. Um, and, it, you know, it, it's very strange, but I mean, I think the worry for a lot of people is the fact that uh, as far as China is concerned, it's almost like a test run for what might happen were it to invade Taiwan. China has stepped up its warnings to the rest of the world not to meddle in its affairs with Taiwan. But the world needs Taiwan to remain just as it is. And realistically, most of the nations in the West really do rely on Taiwan for leading semiconductor technology. And, and I think that's the, the bigger driver behind it. For Xi Jinping, he's now built an empire. He is, like communist dictators behind him, a leader for life. 
and he staked his power on his ability to reunify China with Taiwan at whatever the cost. Well, I think the idea between, you know, by having an office uh, which has been proposed in, in Tokyo is really to, uh, to get a better understanding of what China is up to uh, and to also uh, to get a better understanding of what the Asian uh, nations like Japan, Australia, Philippines uh, can actually do um, in order to sort of counter the threat. And obviously you've got Korea in there. Uh, and, and the key point is, I think, for most people, you know, it's the threat to Taiwan. So in this fight for power, the military build-up will continue.